A man's journey with God begins, continues, and ends with supernatural encounters that he orchestrates for him. No man will ever discover, enter into, and fulfill God's purpose in his lifetime without these supernatural encounters with God. Each encounter you have with God will not only transform your life, but will shift you supernaturally to a pedestal of glory where God can use you to transform others. A moment of encounter with God will shift you from where you are to where you are supposed to be spiritually and physically. Prepare Prepare your heart for an uncommon uncommon transformation from from God's word and all-round miracles by by the power of the Holy Ghost as God's servant. Chidebele Chidebele Udeze leads us in this special moment of encounter with God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Today we want to uh, look at the power of faith. The power of faith. What is faith? I think Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 said, Faith is the assurance of things that is not seen. And um, faith, Hebrews 1 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, because it's a short charge, we are not going to elaborate uh, teaching on faith. We just want to pick up few things the Lord would like us to uh, note about faith and then pray with it this morning. Now, my own definition of faith, which is in line with the Word of God, is that faith is believing the Word of God as it is. Confessing that which you have believed and acting it out. I repeat, believing the word, confessing it, and acting it out. And when we believe the word, confess it, and act it out, we see the word coming to pass, producing effect and the result. Faith is so important in our Christian life because. It is one of the major weapons of our warfare. We use this to overcome the devil. If you look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. He said, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, when the Bible says overcometh the world, the world doesn't seem to be fighting you. But the truth is that the, 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 there is what a personality that was referred to as the God of this world, the prince of this world. I mean, he is manipulating things in the world. Using all sorts of things to work against, especially those who believe in, in Christ, in the Lord. Now, it's, it, it's a battle. The moment somebody says, I give my life to Christ, I am born again, 
I, I want to follow Jesus. The devil faces that person with several all sorts of battles from the unseen realm manifesting in the seen realm. But there is a, a hope for us because our faith in the Lord is the victory that overcometh the world. And with faith, we will overcome whatsoever battle that the devil faces us with. In Ephesians chapter 6, when the apostle was listing the armor, the weapons of our warfare that we are supposed to put on, he said in verse 16, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16, he said, put on above all, put on the shield of faith. Uh, above all, that word above all is more important than any other um, armor. Other armor are important, but this one is so important. Above all. Above is that you, ha is, 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 you have to consider it a priority above all. Taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery dart of the wicked. The shield of faith. So faith is referred in, that, in this place as a shield. It's a protection tool, weapon, that you use to you know, protect and preserve yourself against the fiery darts. He didn't say fiery darts. It's plural. So the devil has fiery darts that he, he, you know, he fires at believers from time to time. But with faith, with believing the word of God as it is, confessing it and uh, acting it out, we will be able to quench every of such fiery darts of the wicked. And I want us to note that the battle, whatever battle that we face from the devil is going to be overcome only on the ground of faith. Only on the ground of faith. So when we say the power of faith, there are so many dimensions of faith. But where we are focusing this morning is the overcoming power of faith. The victorious power of faith. How to wield faith and use it as a weapon in battle. We can use faith to receive. When you talk about the receiving power of faith, you talk about the ability to, of, of faith, the capacity of faith to receive something from God. That's a dimension of faith. But the one we are talking about is the overcoming. The, the, the faith as a weapon of our warfare that we use to fight the devil, fight his works, and quench his dart and his arrows. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Devices, not a device. Devices. So we are in a battle. And to be able to overcome, we must wield the power of faith and use it against all that the devil is uh, fighting and projecting against us. The devil is a master in projecting fiery that of sickness, fiery that of uh, joblessness, like our brother that testify of uh, the, the, the contract and the, the money that was uh, seized, that was released. Now, these are the kind of things the devil does. If he notice that this is where you are going to succeed from, he will start attacking and, you know, blocking, trying to make things not to work in your favor. But with faith, like our brother said, he heard when I said, begin to declare, and he began to declare. And as he began to declare, what he declared came to pass. So that's part of how we wield the power of faith and use it to overcome the enemy. In First John chapter 2, verse 14, he said, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abided in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Now, the wicked one, he faces 
every believer with battle. I repeat, don't think that there is no battle around. The battle is raging and the devil's target is to pull us down. But thank God because there is a weapon in our hands. He said, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. What makes a man strong is his faith in God, faith in the word of God. And the word of God abided in you. So he draws strength of faith by believing the word of God, confessing the word of God, and acting on the word of God. And that's how the victory over the wicked one comes. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, Jehoshaphat told the people of Judah. It's a very powerful passage. I always like reading that passage because it has a lot to say about faith. Let me read Second Corinthians 20 verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Teco. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe is prophet. So shall you prosper. Believe Put your faith, put your trust, put your confidence in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Put your faith, believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. This is exactly what happened. This second part is exactly what happened to Ekene, the one that shared testimony. He believed in the Lord's prophets. When the prophets say, begin to prophesy, he believed, and then he prophesied, and then he prospered. Is he not prospering today? Now, I want us to note that it is by faith we overcome poverty. By faith we overcome sickness. By faith we overcome joblessness. By faith we overcome all sorts of delays. Delay in marriage, delay in childbearing. All sorts of battles that the devil you know, uh, faces us with. We must believe in the Lord our God. I was speaking with a brother recently. And he was sharing with me how uh, the children have been sick for some time. They have treated malaria, and after treating malaria, the thing was still occurring and reoccurring, and all of that. They started another series of injection, and all of that. So, and I I know that that has been the story about the sicknesses around the children's life in, in that family. So, I as we are discussing, I I just feel like let me share with him a little of my experience on how we have used faith to conquer sickness. Not just my own sickness, but in my own family. So I just shared with him little testimony. I said, for I can't remember, I don't even know again. When which year do we say that you go to hospital for anything over the children or over anybody? Because we quench the, the fear that I say, any day I see any of my child coming and say, eh, Daddy is feeding me here, I will put my hand there and say, You devil, out. I mean, when I just spoke with him for a few minutes, few minutes, he, he told me that his faith has been fired up just by what I said. He now came to realize because he's, he has been, we have known for a long time, say, he now come to realize that, hi, this is the way he has been working with before. But he doesn't know how he dropped the way of faith and followed, you know, in some other way. So I want us to note that when we believe in the Lord, when we believe in his word, when we believe in his prophets, we prosper. We get established. No matter what the devil is facing us with, we overcome and conquer in all of them. There's a story we are going to look into uh, and pick one or two lessons from there before we now pray with what the Lord is 
wanting us to pray about this morning. And that is the story of uh, how David defeated Goliath in First Samuel chapter 17. You know, Goliath was the champion of the armies of Philistines. You know, yesterday and day before yesterday, you remember, we were dealing with the Amalekites. And I think I pointed out yesterday to us that the Amalekites are representing some level of spirits that are fighting against us currently. I mean, they are, they are not physical. They are, spirit, they are spirits. Now, another set of spirits is the spirit of the Philistines. Are you getting it? They are not the same. When the Philistines attack, the Philistines are proud, proud spirits. They will come to you. These are the kind of, you know, there is a difference between thief and arm robber. Eh? A thief will watch when you are not around. That's the Amalekite spirit. An attack. When David, when they just sense that David is not around, they will just come and burn his city. Now, but the spirit of the Philistines will send you a letter. That's arm robber. And tell you, I'm coming on Susan and Sode. They are, they are like, you know, they are very bold and very proud. So, in the case of um, David overcoming Goliath here, you can see how Goliath was described. Of course, the Bible said in verse 4, 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you look at verse 4, it took time to describe Goliath. I believe that what is making the Philistines to become proud and to boast and to confront without fear is maybe because of their, their size, their weapon, and whatever they, 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 they have. You know, Goliath was, I don't know wh- why the Bible will have to take some verses to describe him. The kind of weapons around his life. So if you read from verse 4, he said there was, there went out a champion out of the camp of Philistines named Goliath of God whose height was six cubits and a span. Six cubits and a span. Span is when you do like this. So if you measure six cubits, you will add from this place to this. That's the span. Span. S-P-A-N. And he had an helmet of brass upon his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head, head, the head of the spear now, weighed 600 shekels of iron. The head of the spear, the spear, the head of it is, is weighing 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. So he has a shield bearer that is protecting him already from whatever arrow or uh, that will come to him. And then he stood. So you can see the Bible took about four verses to describe the mightiness of Philistines, of, of Goliath. And then he came out in verse 8. He cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. 
give me a man that we may fight together. So you can see, he came out with boldness and was boasting. And then, I want us to see the response of Saul and all the armies of Israel. Because if you look at verse 3, you notice that the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was a valley between them. That is the valley of Elah. And this ground of battle is actually the land of Judah. If you look at verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and we are together at Shoko, which belonged to Judah. So the Philistines left their country and come to Shoko, the land of Judah. And in Shoko, there was a valley of Elah. In that valley, there are two mountains. One on, on, the, on the, this side, the other on the other side. I want you to see the, the picture correctly. So, the Philistines were spread on one mountain, while the Israelites were spread on another mountain, and the battle was going on in the valley. Now, listen. The purpose of the Philistines coming to fight the Israelites in this battle is so that they will conquer them, subdue them, and make them their slaves. Are you getting it? Make them poor. Make them impoverished. Place tax and tribute upon them so that they will... That's always what the devil, you know, he will, they will kill some anyway, but they will still enslave the, those that are remaining. Are you getting it? Now, and in those days, that shows your power. The number of nations that you conquer that are serving you, you know, shows how powerful you are as a king. Now, their champion... Their leader, their prince, their principality, Goliath, now came up and challenged Saul, challenged the uh, armies of Israel and said, bring out a man. Even though the battle is taking place, bring out a man. The Bible says in verse 12, okay, verse 11, he said, when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That was the response of Saul and all Israel. They were dismayed. Now, Goliath was, did not speak that thing for one day. I want you to see verse, uh, verse 16. The Bible said, And the Philistines drew near every morning and evening and presented himself. How many days? 40 days of intimidation. While we are talking about 40 days of power, Goliath was carrying out 40 days of what? Intimidation. And truly, he intimidated the armies of Israel. They were greatly afraid. They were dismayed. They were, you know, everybody was running. In fact, if you look at verse, um, verse, verse 24. Look at verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. All the men of Israel, all of them, in fact, the verse um, 11 says, When Saul, Saul, Saul is the king, the captain, the champion of Israel army. So when Saul and all Israel, so as if you didn't hear verse 11, he repeated it again in verse 24, that there is nobody that was not afraid. Everybody was full of fear because of um, Goliath, intimidation, and threat. And um, I don't know what you think that was making them afraid. But I believe that it must be the size of Goliath. It must be the, the weight of his armor. 
it must be his words of intimidation and whatever that he is. He, he will march out and he will, everybody will start running. Now, that's how the devil, I mean, the situations of life, I mean, the circumstances. There are some of us that if you have a, let's say, headache or stomach problem, and they say, what, what are you saying, stomach problem? You just believe that it's not a stomach problem now. But when they say it is tuberculosis, or it is cancer, or it is, you, you, you notice that something in you will become afraid. Because you are seeing this as a, a that's the problem with Goliath's case now. They saw, if it is somebody that is of their size, the, uh, the size of <laughs> their brain, they will just use their brain and say, this person I can, but when they look at this giant, are you, are you, are you, are you understanding? Now, that is how the Bible says that we wrestle against principalities. There are, there are, they are territorial spirits, rulers, powers. Some of them are Goliaths in nature. And they will be roaring, intimidating, fighting, walking. But this morning, as David defeated Goliath, so shall every Goliath in your life be defeated this morning. If that sounds like you, let your amen become very loud. Now, I want us to see David's response to Goliath's threats. First of all, I want us to note that David is not supposed to be in the battle. If you read verse 12, David was the son of that Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. Huh? And the man was an old man in the days of Saul. Now verse 13. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to battle. Eight sons. And when they are choosing the age that we go to battle, it was only those that were um, the first and second and the third. The fourth one is not yet qualified to join the battle. The fifth one, the sixth one, the seventh one. And David is the eighth. What eventually brought David to the battleground was because he was giving food to give to go and take to his brothers that are in the battle. That was what actually brought him to the battle. He is not qualified by stature, by age, by any training. Because you don't just get enlisted into the army. You have to be trained. Are you getting it? Now, but you can see that with all the trainings of the armies of Israel, all their military training, they couldn't stand Goliath. But look at this young man, very small boy, coming to give uh, food to his brothers. In verse 31, verse 31, and when the words were heard, which David, okay, I think from verse, uh, let's look at verse 26. And David spoke to the men that stood by, saying, What shall be done to the man that killed these Philistines and taketh away the reproach from Israel? He said, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Eh? When David heard the words of Goliath, a different response was provoked in him. He was like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, 
He didn't say, who is this Philistine? There is something he knew about circumcised Hebrew boy and uncircumcised Philistine. You know, circumcision is a mark of covenant that God gave to Abraham for his people. Are you getting it? And so, in his mind, he was like, who is this man that is not circumcised? So, David knew we have Bible today, isn't it? We read how God spoke to Abraham. How did David got to know the history of Israel? How circumcision becomes such a valuable thing that if you are a circumcised Hebrew, you have a covenant with the God of heaven. I, I get it. So he was provoked. Say, who, who is this? So they, he, he was now asking the people. Then they now went to Saul. He said, go and tell Saul, I'm going to fight him. <laughs> Can you imagine this small boy? No weapon, no training, nothing. He said, I will go and fight him. So when they brought David before Saul, <laughs> David said in verse 32, he said, let no man's heart fail because of this man. Though their hearts has already fallen as of that time. He said, thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, by what I'm seeing about you, you are not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he, a man of war from his youth, from his youth, he is not a youth, but he has been fighting from his youth, experience. He has experience of battle. He is gigantic. He is a champion. You don't become a champion of a, a, a captain of a, a, a military force without winning wars again and again. Are you getting it? Goliath has been, and he's not just big for nothing. He has been a, a fighter, a general. He has won battles that made him to become a champion. And the Philistines, once, once he's leading them, they are confident. David said to Saul in verse 34, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of the mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard, and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto him, Go, and the Lord be with you. Now, what I want us to see, remember the topic we are looking at, the power of faith. What I want us to see quickly from this passage before we pray is the difference between David and the, the Israelites, the armies of the Israelites, Saul. On the physical, they were already trained armies fighting battles. David has not fought, he has not fought his first battle on the physical. But why is it that they were afraid? So afraid, dismayed, running away, hiding whenever Goliath comes. But David, a small boy, was bold enough to face Goliath and say, I am going. What is the difference between these two believers? I ask again, these are two believers. 
Both of them are speaking in tongues. Both of them can even preach and teach. But why is it that this one will become sick and he will, you know, become so afraid of the sickness and then he will start, I mean, he is overcome. But this one, as the sickness is coming, he's quenching it. The difference is faith. And when you hear David's expression, what he told Saul, you will know that his confidence is in the Lord. His trust is in the Lord. He said, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of lion, out of the paw of bear, this same God, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He remembered what God has done. Thank God, the Bible has presented to us what God has done. Even if you don't have anything to, to, to believe from the Bible, has God not saved you from Egypt as a person? That alone will show you that if God, by his mighty power, saved you from Egypt, delivered you, cleansed you, and made you a, his own child, that same God that did that is going to help you overcome this situation. If you wield your faith, that Goliath is gone. That's the difference between David and Saul and the Israelites. He has faith in God. And by the reason of that faith in God, he was fearless before that threat, before that enemy. I don't know what Goliath is representing in your life. I don't know that which is threatening and challenging you, whether physically or spiritually. From your family, from your place of work, I used to say that anyone who doesn't have problem must be somebody that is already in the grave. So, whatever be the challenge around your life, representing Goliath, remember that it will take faith in God, like David demonstrated here, to confront it. You don't run, run away from Goliath. If you run away for 40 days, he will intimidate you for 40 days. If you run for the first day, he will keep on. Because he's looking for a fight. He said, bring out a man, let us fight. So, you must be ready to fight, but the fight we are fighting is not a physical fight. It's a fight of faith. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight it. Fight it. Wield your faith. Use it to quench the arrows of the wicked, of the devil. Against your life, against your children. Listen, many believers suffer a lot of things they are not supposed to suffer. If they have learned to wield their faith, I mean, put their faith to action. Sometimes you hear about death. Sometimes you hear about all sorts of business failures, joblessness, uh, promotion being withheld. Some of these things that we see, some of them is just because we don't, we have not learned how to wield our faith. Now, David wielded his faith, demonstrated his faith in God, and then moved into the battle. And here he overcome. The last thing I want us to see before we pray is that before the battle of David and the Philistine, there was first of all a battle of West. A battle of West. The moment 
the Philistines saw David coming. Verse 41. Eh? Okay, verse 42. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He despised him. He looked down on him. That's one of the spirits we are going to fight this morning. Eh? I mean, the spirit that despises you. The spirit that despises your ministry. They say, well, we know men of God, but not you. The spirit that despises your own business. When they come to the market to buy something in your line, they will say, ah, no, 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 I don't want to buy from this person. Yet you are selling the same thing that other people are selling. The spirit that despises your own civil service. I mean, it looks as if you are not being respected. The spirit of despise is the first, the first thing the devil faces everyone, every believer despise. is a spirit. It makes people to look down on what you are doing. What other people are doing, they will be clapping and respecting it. When you do your own, they will say, ah, who is this person? They will look down on you. That's the first thing that Goliath faced David with. He disdained him. He looked down on him. And he began to speak. He said, Okay, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. He has a reason for despising. He said, I did look at this young man. Eh? When you count preachers, you also count him. When you count those who are doing ministry, you also count him. He looked down on him because he's young. And Paul said to Timothy in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he said, Do not let anyone despise your youth. Be thou example of believers in word, in conversation, in spirit, in faith, and so on. And the Philistines, verse 43, said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. That's the first battle. He spoke and cursed David by his gods. So it is a battle of spirit first, before the physical. Are you getting it? He cursed David by his gods. The Bible did not record. I, be, I believe the Bible find it too um, defiling to put the, the words of the cousin of, of Goliath against David. You didn't record it. But there are things Goliath said, maybe in their language, cursing David. And the Philistines said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowl of the air and to the beast of the field. That's the first thing. Then David now replied, that's where we must, I say, faith is believing God's word, confessing the word of God, and acting it out. You believe, you confess. Look at the David's confession before action. Conf- say confession before action. Say it. Confession before action. That which you believe. The Bible says with the heart, with man believeth unto righteousness, but with uh, mouth, confession is made unto salvation. With heart, you believe unto righteousness. By mouth, you confess unto salvation. So, salvation is not perfected until confession is made. Prosperity is not perfected until confession is made. Progress is not perfected until confession is made. It is by mouth you confess unto prosperity. Are, are you getting it? You keep confessing until you get unto salvation. Now, David said to the Philistines, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The name above every other name. That at the mention of the name Jesus, every name was power. Of the things in heaven, on the things on the earth, on the things beneath the earth. 
the name that is above every throne, every dominion, every might, and every name that is to be named, not only in this world and in the world to come too. I come to you. I am facing you situation. I am facing you cancer. I am facing you joblessness. I am facing you whatever Goliath you are. In the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. Whom thou hast defied. This day. Somebody said this day. Listen. You know I'm taking time. But don't worry. Today. This morning. Eh? You say. Will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee. And take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass. Of the, ho- of the host of the Philistines. This day. Today. Unto the fowls of the air. And to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Oh! What a powerful... Watch what David said to Saul. Consistent with what he's saying to Goliath. Because sometimes you, I see you confess during your quiet time. Then when you now face the Goliath, eh? in the time of your prayer and Bible, you say, yes, I believe by faith I'm overcomer. I, you confess, confess. When you now come out, because there's a difference between standing before Saul and standing before Goliath that has an armor bearer already in his front with all the and David, you know he did not dress with any he didn't dress with anything because he wanted to dress but he couldn't move with it so he dropped it and came just like that and that might be the reason why Goliath disdained him he said, look at this one please come let me just give you to the bed of the air and David said, you think it's like that? you think that I am just here for nothing? Today, today, you are going to see. And I want to say it again. Those of you who believe in the Lord and those who believe his prophet, today will be the end of your, all your glory. If you believe that, shout a better amen. amen. This morning, this morning, they will all be cut off. They will be destroyed. Amen. Yes, David said, I will not just kill you, Goliath. I will also give all the carcass of the whole Philistine army. I will give them to the bed of the air. What a faith. The power of faith. Where is David coming from? How did he come about this? And the, 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 you know <laughs> the Bible was what says, and all these assemblies shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's. Thank God that the battle is the Lord's. The battle in your life is the Lord's battle. The battle in your family is the lost battle. The battle of your marriage, the battle of your childbearing, the battle of your child training, the battle, every battle around us, the battle of the church, the body of Christ, is the lost battle. And the Lord himself will fight for us. Are you getting it? Now, the Bible said, verse 48, it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hasted and ran towards the army to meet them. David ran. <laughs> I don't know whether you are seeing something here. There's a difference between when you finish talking and then the things start happening. You know? No, he was one running, running to meet. I see you ro- running this morning to, to, to meet your Goliath and to destroy your Goliath. Somebody face your faith is rising again. Your faith in God. 
your faith in the word of God. Look at what God said concerning you. He said, no weapon of the enemy fashioned against you shall prosper. He said, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and all might and all name that is named, not only in this world, but in, also in the world of God. So, because of what Jesus has already accomplished for us, in Colossians 2.15, the Bible says, he has disarmed principalities and powers. Colossians 2.15, he has disarmed principalities and powers. He has made a public show of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That's our, our hope. We stand on the victory, on that which Jesus has already accomplished. We just go from victory to victory, from victory of Christ over Satan, from victory of Christ over principalities and powers. He has triumphed over them by the cross. He has you know, defeated them already. So we are standing on that victory and we are going to move from that victory to physical execution of that victory over every Goliath, over every Philistine that has been fighting and working and warring against our life in the name of Jesus Christ. Just one strike that David struck. Just one strike. You know what happened? The hand of the Lord guided that, guided that arrow, that, that stone, guided it to one open hole in the head of Goliath. Goliath thought that there's nothing that this boy can do to him. But David has put his confidence in the Lord and was getting inspiration. We are going to pray this morning that God will help us. But before we pray, let me just give an advice. Faith comes by hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is to say, if your faith must be built up, because the battle against the Philistines, if you study the history of Philistines with Israel, you notice that they continue fighting till the whole history, the whole Bible is full of Israel and Philistines always fighting. Israel and Amalekite battle is just few, but Philistine battle is always there. Are you getting it? So, if you are going to face and keep winning, you must be deliberate in building your faith. Because it is the faith you have in the word, faith you have in God, that enables you to face them at any point in time and overcome and keep overcoming. I see somebody this morning overcoming every Goliath in your life. Rise up and let us pray right away. Just be on your feet. Let's begin to pray. First of all, just appreciate God for his charge, his word that has opened our eyes to see that this morning is a morning of victory. is a morning of conquest over every Philistine, over every Goliath that is fighting against our life. Just begin to appreciate him. Begin to bless him. Give him praise. Thank you for listening. I trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our Telegram, podcast and YouTube channels at Chidebele Uteze. For testimonies, counseling, and prayers, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999. And you can also follow us on our social media handles at Chidebele Udeze. God bless you.